um, Mark always sends us like the sound files. Everybody's got their own sound file, and it's always like Crawford, 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 and then like me and Rob like pitching in every now and again. And I think Crawford's quite proud of that. I, I, yeah, I tend to go for for quantity over quality. Yeah, <laughs> and your golf shots as well. Um, okay. <laughs> He's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Would somebody kindly go and stop him? Give him a large brandy and pop him down. No, this, this really is beyond a joke now. He's, he's, he's gone gaga because this is, uh, this is quite... I've never seen anything like it before and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. Worst golf shot. No, answer the question. It's terrible. This could be good. Come in. This could be good. Looks better than it is, folks. Not bad. Hola, mis amigos. Buenas noches. Mines. That's as much as I've got. I'm only two weeks in um, to my Duolingo Spanish. But welcome along once again to the RACDG podcast, episode number seven. My name is Gary, and I'm joined, as always, with uh, my man Crawford and the uh, Dark Destroyer, Rob Cross. I, don't know, I was watching The Chase. I don't know why I've called you the Dark Destroyer. How are you doing, gentlemen? <laughs> Uh, yeah, good. I thought that was a reference to Rob Cross, the uh, the darts player. Oh, what's his name again? His name's Rob Cross. Ah, but what's his nickname? He's got a great nickname. Yeah, I don't know. Crawford, how are you while well, I Google that? <laughs> I'm I'm good, Gary. I'm free. I had a good day today, Gary. I'm excited about golf getting back tomorrow, so I'm feeling a little frisky. I'm not going to lie. I have a suspicion we could go way off the rails today on this podcast, so we'll see how it goes, but I'm warning you now. <laughs> it's been a great week. Um, not only is the golf back for you guys down south tomorrow, but we uh, went a little bit mainstream this week. We went onto iTunes, we went onto Spotify, um, and for some bizarre reason today, we are the fourth most popular golf podcast in the UK and the 26th most popular golf podcast in the United States. That's weird. Yeah, we're not quite sure what's happened there. We think there's been um, a glitch in the Matrix because um, that shouldn't be <laughs> happening. But it might be an opportunity to uh, to have a little shout out to our new colonial friends um, out in uh, across the uh, across Voltage. the Atlantic. Voltage, that's the guy's name. Voltage, Voltage <laughs> Rob Cross. No, I'm not sure that's really me, Gary. To be honest. Voltage. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. The opposite to Rob. But yeah, so we we seem to have we, we've we've spread the love a little bit and and shared the podcast um, with the American chapters and where some of them have listened to it. Um, so a little shout out and hello to all of our American friends. We hope you can understand what we're saying, um, and uh, we will do our level best to slow down and we'll try and get Gary to speak in the Queen's English. Gary, give it a go. Can you, can you speak in the Queen's English for us? Nah, fuck that, right? So I'm joined by Rob and I'm joined by Crawford. I'm also joined today. We've got a pretty special guest on today. Uh, his name is Matt McDonnell. He is an independent head cover maker. He's also a member of the flock. So what I'll do, uh, we did this last week. I'm just going to hit the three of you with a question. No foresight to it. Quick answer. I'll go to you, Matt, first. First of all, how are you? Second of all, best Christmas song. What is it? Hello, mate. Um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, oh, uh, best Christmas song. Uh, oh, I would say the Pogues one that just got banned, but I don't think I'm allowed to. 
No, no, you're fine with that. You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap lousy. Crawford, what's your favourite Christmas song? <laughs> um, I quite like it, a bit of an old one. Like I like things like Little Drummer Boy and stuff like that. gifts we bring Okay, and Rob, what's yours? <laughs> That that was not what I was expecting what from Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked to my core. Um, Matt stole mine. It's got to be the Pogues, hasn't it? Has to be. Has Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. Um, like a bit anyway. of Bing Crosby as well. You've had your answer. That's true. <laughs> anyway, Christmas let's get is Bing, on. We've got the. Uh, a feature, a new feature that we're bringing in today before we do Matt McDonald's Flock 5, which we'll do a little bit later on. We've also got a big competition uh, a little bit later in the show as well. Before we do that, Matt, you're an independent head cover maker. You also supply a lot of other um, golf bits and pieces to members of the flock, people worldwide, a few famous faces as well. We'll cover that. So what I've done uh, is I've been on to Company's House. I'm looking at some of your details here as an independent um peacemaker uh, there's also uh, you know a real day job there as well so you're making some money over and above so we're going to play a little game before we start here called avoidance or evasion okay so you're ready <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no um, well, we're actually doing something called can, meet I, can I can I hang on Gary I'm going to call my accountant here hang on <laughs> babe babe Amy can you um, get the accountant on the line no, that was all. That was all nonsense. Uh, what we're going to do is a thing called meet the flock. We're going to talk to uh, you a little bit, Matt. Find out about your life, your golf, your business, and a few other bits and pieces. Rob has painstakingly prepared the questions to do that, so I'm going to put you in his wonderful hands uh, and let him run through that. So, Rob, let's meet the flock. Let's meet the flock, Gary. Thank you very much, Matt. Hello uh, and welcome to meet the flock. You are the third victim, um, although the first to go out. So, uh, how are you doing anyway? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad putting up with these two. It's nice to have some company. So, <laughs> I would say to you, um, meet the flock. It's just a little chance for us to get to know you better. Um, and I would say be brave and be bold. There are no right or wrong answers. It's not going to take too long. And then we'll let Gary and Crawford pick up on any points they want, which I'm sure they will. So, first of all, what would be your specialist subject if you went on to mastermind? Uh, if I went on to mastermind, my specialist subject would be Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings? Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, interesting. Uh, is that, yeah. is that the, the, the inscription on the ring up there? Matt, you're on a Matt. fucking podcast, mate. You can't point at things. Oh, oh look at that. Your reference, Gary. No one else's. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. Crawford butt out. Right. Okay. Home club. And how long? How long have you been there? Golf club. Um, home yeah. club would be Brentwood. Um, not necessarily the closest to me, but it is the one that I consider my home club. Was a member there for about 18 months just before I had my son. And then since I have my son, don't play regularly enough to sort of warrant the membership. Um, so, but every time I go back there, like they just make you feel welcome. So, uh, very much what I would consider my home club. Yeah, awesome. That's cool. Do you so, have any of the guys from the Only Wears Essex playing there? It's important to know. <laughs> so you, you don't have you don't have him? days out to the sugar. Can somebody mute him. Can we mute him, Mark? <laughs> Can we mute? My him? job here, Rob, as we all know, <laughs> is to take things way off the rails. 
I said 10 minutes, Matt. It might be a half an hour if Crawford butts in on every single question. Fucking <laughs> nuisance. I know. So your local WhatsApp group would be where, Matt? Where 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 do you sit in the in the chapter? So local one, we've got SE, so southeast, and then we've got a list, little Essex boys one with all the lads, all the lads from Essex, and like all the ones that are the like sort of local Essex courses. So yeah. nice, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. So if you if you um, if you aren't a member anywhere, have you got your own new world handicap index, or are you still waiting for that to to come? No, so um, I don't believe my New World Handicap Index updates because I've not been a member for so long. I don't think it updates or... What do you reckon it would be? Have a guess. Um, well, judging by everyone else's, I think everyone else went down. So I was a 17.1 when I was a member. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, 17.4. So judging on how everyone else went down, I'd probably go down to 15 maybe. Decent. Are you, would you be all right with that? Ooh, if I was playing a course, I knew, yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. <laughs> Gary, I think your explanation of World Handicap came in handy there. Look, I understood it I'm a lot for, I'm, I'm here for the public. Um, I'm here as a public service. We all know that. We we love it. So, Matt, um, you've obviously got some nice head covers in your bag, but are you a, a bit of a club junkie? Have you got a favourite club? What, what have you got in your bag at the moment? Irons, driver, what sort? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive club like junkie slash pervert. Um, not like great use of that. I, <laughs> I, I, I got into golf just around, so I'm fairly new to it in comparison to the, everyone else on on this podcast. Um, I got into it just around the year, so the 2012 Ryder Cup would have yeah. been like the first event that I watched on TV. Um, that okay, really came into cool. it. So then that was just around the time that Rory was moving over to Nike clubs. So my sort of introduction to golf was anything Nike must be good <laughs> when you play yeah. it, otherwise it isn't. So, um, How yeah. long did it take you to realise that that wasn't true? Uh, After the they... 15th Mojo ball split in half on them. <laughs> <laughs> when they eventually stopped making clubs and then I used other ones. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, so what have you got now? What have you got now then? If you, if you um, used to have nine, I mean, what have you got now? So like the, some of the guys that played at the shot, they'll know I, I had a different driver in the bag each day. Um, so I went between like an old Nike Vapor Flex driver and sorry, I I'm going to have to, but I'm going to, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't. It's Nike. It's Nike. Why does everyone call it Nike? It's Nike. <laughs> sorry, Matt. Go on, go for it. Yeah. Different driver every day. Yeah. Different driver every day. Um, I've got Titleist irons now. Um, got I've it. got Mizuno wedges. Uh, they were new to the bag. To be honest, I think this year has probably been almost every club other than my Freewood and Hybrid, every club's changed. Like this year, my whole bag has completely changed pretty much. Um, Is that anything to do with the people in the flock with peer pressure uh, and any deals that have been going on or is that for your own choice? No, I'm just a sicko, I think. I've got a problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's in the Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely wicked. What a great answer. Um, So part of your game, have you got, what is your favourite club, first of all? If you you could pick one, what would it be? This is probably going to sound really boring. It's a, it's a six iron. That's not boring. That's the it's a mid range six iron. Very solid. Yeah, so six six iron. If I've got a six iron approach, 
I'm feeling very confident. And it's a club that I can consistently hit good and I enjoy hitting good. Amazing. So as as far as golfing career goes, yeah. you're fairly new to it, but what what would be a sort of highlight today? I think um Crawford earlier on uh, had one. I won't spoil it because that will be released maybe in sort of 2025, something like that. But <laughs> if you had a highlight today, what, what would it be? Golf-wise, playing golf, I mean. Golf-wise, playing-wise, I think it was um, I. It was probably winning um, winning a weekend winter league competition at Brentwood. Um, I think on on one particular weekend, I came in with forty-one points. Um, yeah, good That's and bad. Good. It was the first time, so I'd shot the lowest I'd ever shot. I think it was twelve over at the time. Um, but unfortunately, it was the double bogey on the last hole that stopped me breaking 80 for the first time. So it's all uh, 41 is a good number of points to win with because A, it's enough to win with, and B, it's not enough to be called a sandbagging prick with. So you've got that nice little, <laughs> that nice little zone there. He's got the balance. What, what, the balance yeah, what, are, what are the limits there? What, what, what's the number like? Is 40, 42 okay? 43? Anything under 40, it's shit. But if you win with anything over 46, I think you're at it. I think 40 to 45 <laughs> is the, the circle of friendship nah, there. Nah, 45 is horrific. Singles. Nine shots under, isn't it? I'd be saying like 41's borderline, really. It's only because Matt's on here that will allow it. But I'll try to be nice. No. This, this is oh, what see, Matt, Matt. This is what happens when you share a podcast with a couple of like, like category one golfers. They think every every they think everyone's at it apart from them. I'm a fucking I'm a category one golfer in name only. Don't worry. <laughs> next question. Uh, next question. Yeah. So uh, just a little bit about the flock, really. So how how did you get into the flock? Sort of, what's your link into it? Um, who got you in? Who who do you know? That that kind of thing. How did it all start? So it all started for me. So through, as you mentioned earlier, through my business, um, I also I'd also interacted a number of times with an account called uh, the England Golf Project, which I believe is run by one of the flockers called Michael. Um, yeah. He he put it onto his social media at one point, and then just sort of like private messaged me and was like, "Check it out. I think there might be a bunch of people." Um, and that was it. I sort of. Uh, sent a direct message. I think it's Gary that ran. It was to me. The only reason I know that is because I've got nobody's names saved in the chat, unless it's the people that I've had to add myself. Uh, and you're under there as Matt McDonald Instagram. So it was definitely me. One hundred percent. You've looked at the group and thought, "Fuck me, I can sell some shit in here." And you've come, <laughs> you've come running. But he wasn't wrong, was he? <laughs> <laughs> We're putting his so, kids through college, boys. We're putting his kids through college. How many how many flock appearances have you made, Matt? So how many, you know, we've got the majors, but meetups as well. You know, I think you just mentioned you've got your, your own little sort of Essex boys group and you met up with those guys. But has there any been, have you been to any sort of majors? Uh, which ones? And what, what do you most enjoy about them? I suppose, I suppose I've been to a couple of sort of independent, like independent meets, you know, I think Ashley went for a stage in the summer where he was throwing out invites to Swinley and so on and so forth. Um, so I've managed to sort of get, uh, attend some of those invites. Um, but I, th- I suppose the big one is the shop. Um, yeah. at the end of, uh, well, and, end of October, no, 
Yeah, October, yeah. It's like yeah. five weeks ago. Yeah, five weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, so the shot um, was probably my first sort of like big appearance uh, or like big, big uh, event to attend. Um, and yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just like finding, I suppose like similar to everyone else, like you, f- you find other golf sickos that, you know, they, yeah. they, they're into the same sort of bits and pieces that you're into, you know, whether that's course architecture or gear or whatever it might be. Um, you know, people that are on the same sort of wavelength as you that are not just there to play golf and, you know, shoot as low as they possibly can, you know, they're there to sort of socialise and talk about some of the bits that they're interested in. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, you haven't played with me, but who's who's the best golf you've played with in the flock? Best golfer that I've played with in the flock. You don't have to say me, Matt, but remember, I am the president of the RACDG and yeah. I have a lot of power. He's definitely not <laughs> going to say you, is he? <laughs> we played twice together in the show. We played in the practice day and we ended up together in the, on the final day. So that means, he's, we were that means he's not going to see you twice then? <laughs> <laughs> he's still looking for some of my drives in the heather <laughs> um, I'd actually say I think in terms of like flock members like it's probably Ashley at Swinley like he's pretty he's a pretty, he's good he's a yeah. tidy player um, I think you know Ryan's Ryan's right up there but I don't he wasn't having the best day with his persimmon driver or whatever it was that he was using on that day who's the worst we don't, I don't care who the best is. Who's the worst that you've been no, out Matt, with? before you answer this, I'll remind you that I am the president of the RCDC. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, stop. Don't stop. Matt's shaking his head. Matt, don't worry. It's fine. You don't have to answer that question. <laughs> Lovely. So that, that's a little bit about you you and your goal. So we've got a couple of quick fire rounds, which they weren't particularly quick fire for, for Crawford, but they will be for you, I'm sure. Right, Crawford, me and you are banned from saying anything for the next couple of minutes. Let, let's properly do this quick fire. I find that really tough, Gary. <laughs> so, what's your favourite biscuit? Custard cream. Always. Microwave bacon, yes or no? No. Beans, Heinz or Branston? Other, please specify. <laughs> um, Heinz. Heinz, solid choice. It, and are beans an acceptable part of a full English breakfast? They're like, yeah, they're like an integral part of the full English breakfast. I have you've, to got to, you've got to have all parts. That's exactly what I said. I don't understand how this is a question, Rob. <laughs> of course, you have fucking beans in a full English. <laughs> I thought we weren't allowed to say anything, Gary. <laughs> he couldn't. He couldn't resist. Some things are bigger than us. <laughs> uh, Greg's winner or sinner. You, they're a winner if you're like walking to work and it's cold and you don't want to be there. It can be. What would night. your What would your good uh, choice uh, of goods be? It's usually just like like the jumbo sausage roll. If I'm being honest, I'm not as experimental as as Gary. Best crisps in the world. Best crisps, um, kettle chips. No. And in one sitting, what is a acceptable amount to eat of crisps yeah how many packets standard size you're not an animal oh i was gonna say like the big share bags that's yeah how many all right how many of them then in one go if you're doing one of them by yourself then like that's a fairly standard 
standard <laughs> I just I love the thought right now that Matt's been sitting talking to like other people in his business and stuff being like big opportunity here guys I'm going in a podcast to talk about the head cover business <laughs> and she's sitting there now thinking they're asking me about fucking crisps and beans <laughs> What was going on? It's well, the relevant, audience, Gary. Well, the audience, because we, we're talking by Zooms, the audience can't see the look on Matt's face while Rob's asking these questions. He's just like, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? So, Matt, let's get to golf and then we'll get to why you are, uh, why you want to be on here. Yeah? 30 minutes into the recording, Matt, let's get to golf. <laughs> Tiger or Jack? Tiger. Finch or Shields? Neither. No, I'm not choosing one of them. Favourite major and why? The Open. It's the Open, period. There's no... Perfect. That's that's very similar to what mine would be. Bryson, turn on or turn off? Not sexually, like TV. Um, turn on for the... like. The, I, want, I want to see what happens, but I'm not cheering for him to win. Fair enough. How many majors will Rory win by the time his career ends? Don't do that to me. Um, I had to ask Crawford earlier. He's only just stopped crying. <laughs> I, I want to say that he's he's definitely got... I'd like to think he's got another four in him, but I don't want to go through that emotional journey. That's fair. I think that we all feel like that. And finally, how far will the average driving distance be in 2030? <laughs> 10 yards longer than it currently is. Interesting. What is it at the moment? About 3, 305, something like that? I would have, yeah, I would have guessed like 303, 305, something like that. Look, as long as the drivers have got his head covers on them, he doesn't give a shit how far it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I love that. What a steer. So let's get to uh, McDonald Golf and your very own business. Just give us a, uh, a little bit of an overview. So sort of when it started and, and why you started doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started, well, I suppose like the initial idea started back in 20, somewhere around 2016. Um, yeah. I didn't run the idea by the wife until about maybe 2017. The- <laughs> do, you mean like, what, do you mean like quarter past eight tonight, 2017? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the year 2017. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I suppose I like, had the idea just because I was looking for some myself. Um, couldn't really find anything that I was anything that I was particularly after, like in the UK. Um, the only people that I could find making it was in America. Then obviously yeah. didn't pay like the shipping and the the ridiculous volume of customs. Looked a little bit more into the products and just thought, you know what, I I think I could find someone to show me how to make that. So did you have any sort of background or any sort of experience in manufacturing or anything like that? Or did you just see this gap in the market and you've started from complete scratch? Started from complete scratch. I didn't. Um, I, so when I identified, found someone eventually online um, in and around the London area that could teach me how to make the stuff. Um, and it was literally from threading a needle and winding a bobbin in a machine literally. so that's mad you've, you've not even had a, a background or anything like that you've just dived straight in at the deep end can we also just while we're here for, I, mean, I would urge people to go on to your instagram website and stuff and take a look at your gear but for people who haven't seen what you do you don't just make 
head covers like you make incredibly beautiful elaborate complex technically very difficult head covers lots and lots of leather lots of like pieces of kind of 3d kind of sculpted leather it's not just a cylinder of of you know material that you've bought by the yard that you've stitched up the side and then put a top on it it's really complex stuff some of them look more human than crawford <laughs> Especially when I'm on the old course. <laughs> so you you found someone to to teach you how to make it, Matt. So how how did it then evolve into to how it is today? So so, so found someone to teach me how to make it, um, and like that person was just a dressmaker. So I was taught, you know, using cotton materials, wool materials, and then when I feel like I had um, enough sort of skill to move on to making from leather. I then started making them from leather. Um, that was always the intention, um, but yeah. I would make sure that I was comfortable to move on to that because obviously to buy that material to practice with is more expensive than cotton. Um, How long did that take? How long did that take you from going from, from sort of nothing to you were feeling comfortable using expensive stuff? Um, oh, it's, hard to, it's, hard to sort of, it's hard to sort of say, really. I think from when... From initially having, like, from initially learning to sort of starting the Instagram account, I think there was a good maybe seven to eight months of just yeah. like practicing, like, on the weekends and after work and so on and so forth. Did you have a bunch of, like, really, really shit ones you made to begin with that you gave to family as presents for Christmas that they still keep on their clubs and are really proud of? The way, like, when your kid comes home from secondary school and they've made, like, a letter rack and it's, like, really, really shit. And you're just like, oh, yeah, they love it because it's their kids. What was the first one you made and have you kept it? That was going to be my question. Yeah, yeah so it is It is somewhere in this, I call it the study. It's the spare bedroom, but we call it a study. Um, it is, they are in here somewhere. Um, I couldn't tell you where at the moment, but I think, so the first one, the first ones that we actually made in terms of what we were taught to make them were, there were like denim on the outside and then, it's actually neurofoam. So, like, you know the stuff that, like, wetsuits are made out of? Right, yeah. That, that was the inside. It was, like, the lining. I don't know why we done it that way around, but that, that was how I was, like, that was the materials that we used to, to make them to begin with. And then we made some out of, like, wool, um, like a brown and green wool, and then started using, like, a, a PVC. Um, and they were just, like, they were, like, terrible designs, like, I think like one of one of the first ones that I've done that I was like really happy with was like black with a white lightning bolt on it, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you designed them yourself to start with. Designed them yourself to start with. It's just your own ideas. Because I noticed you said we. Are you like Danny Willett talking about his caddy, or are you, have you got someone that helps you? <laughs> no. So like um. So initially, like when when starting out, like I said um. But me and the wife, we both learned how to make them. Um, like okay, both, so you both did. Okay, cool. Yeah, so so initially in the beginning, it was it was both of us, me and me and the wife, um, doing doing a lot of it. And then as time's gone on, and obviously like we've we've had a family and stuff, um, she does less of it um, now. I mean, if I need her to cut a pattern for me, she can cut a pattern. She she knows what to do. Um, you, you were saying to me earlier, you just don't feel she's pulling her weight anymore or anything like that, weren't you? You're saying she's just not putting the effort in. 
I mean, yeah, frankly, while well, you were saying some horrible things about your wife earlier on, I, I really shouldn't, you know. I think you should. I think you really need to, you should some counselling. Maybe would be a good idea. I think. <laughs> if I can get her to drop the stuff off at the post office. We've, we've had a good day. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting you to compound on that. By the way, I was expecting a swift rebuttal. But so if you already dig that grave, good man. You've got um, you, you've got the skills, and you've started making stuff. Uh, yeah. When when did you kind of move it on that next to that next stage and? you know thinking about oh, i might be able to sell these and, and how did you go about that yeah I, th- I suppose that was probably like the biggest the biggest sort of hurdle to yeah to sort of have that i don't know it's it weird to sort of have that mindset that yeah i make i now make something that is good enough for someone to give me money for it was it, yeah it, it was quite a it was more sort of psychological like to get over that hurdle um, and I was I was having lessons with uh, the guy that I still have lessons with. Um, been having lessons with him since I started playing golf. Um, guy called Ross um, made some for him. He absolutely loved them. And then obviously from them being on his bag, other people that had lessons with him and other people that he knew then eventually got into con- in contact with me. And it it slowly started from there um, and slowly built from there. I guess. Um, you remember your first sale, your first proper, like somebody's paid full price for something that I've made? Yeah, to, to someone you did, like a, joke, like a stranger just contacted you? Yeah, so um, it would be it would be one of um, someone through, like that pro is one, um, one of the other people that have lessons with him, like contacted me, wanted something similar, wanted his um, grandchildren's name on it. And um, yeah, so like that—that that was it. It was—it's a white. It was a white and blue Spurs cover with like your grandchildren's name on it. Right, cool. So that's got us up to your first sale. What we're going to do? Take a very quick break now. Uh, Mark's going to play some really cool uh, Ibiza techno music for all you guys out there, and then we're going to come back, find out a little bit more about some of the big names uh, that you've made head covers for, what the future holds for Matt McDonald Golf, uh, and then tie up some other bits and pieces like your Flock Five. So, guys, we will be back in just one minute's time. everybody we are back from the break that we need to take because we're too cheap to pay for a zoom license and it automatically cuts out after 40 minutes and um, we will call it a, a pee break a drink break but that's why we do it before we get back into the interview with matt mcdonald which i'm really enjoying uh, we've got a competition an actual real live proper competition and our friend mike hyde who's a flock member at carefree golf photography has given us four of his new 20 21 calendars these calendars are class january has the flock's own dave hewitson as the uh, the star of it unfortunately it's not a nude calendar or anything he's actually just playing <laughs> golf but it looks absolutely like the, the calendar's brilliant check it out and um, you can go to carefree golf photography on instagram or they've got a website as well, carefreegolfphotography.com. I don't know if that's what it is, that's a guess, but <laughs> Google Carefree Golf Photography. Um, but Mike's given us four calendars to give away, um, and I thought the best question that we could put out there to the flock is, what is like the most perverted thing you've ever done in the name of golf? 
So how far have you gone for golf? What's the most ridiculous thing you've done to get to a golf course, to get a round of golf and to play in a golf competition? Um, we'll run around the table here and do it very quickly to give you an idea. For your entries, I want you to either enter on the RACDG Discord and the podcast thread. You can also enter uh, via our new podcast email account, which Rob is going to tell me the address of right now. It's really hard, Gary. It's R-A-C-D-G podcast at gmail.com. That's easy. R-A-C-D-G podcast at gmail.com. Or you can enter on the Instagram, which is R-A-C-D-G underscore G-B-I. I'm not taking entries through WhatsApp because that would be pandemonium. So make sure you do it on the Discord by the email address or on the Instagram. You can also do it on the podcast Twitter. How do we find that, Rob? It's very easy, Gary. It is at R-A-C-D-G-P. We could not make it any easier for you to enter this. So tell us a story, a tale, a simile, a soliloquy, a poem, a limerick on what is the most perverted thing that you've done in order to play a game of golf. And we'll start it off. Crawford, you're not allowed to win this, but what's yours? Uh, well, I, as you all know, I drive around a lot for playing some golf. There was a day whenever I was over in uh, in America last year and I was in Palm Springs. I got up at six o'clock in the morning. I drove three hours into LA, had a two-hour meeting, drove three hours back to Palm Springs, jumped out, played around the golf for four hours with a friend of mine, jumped in the car and then did a seven-hour drive to to Scottsdale and then played four rounds of golf in three days in Scottsdale and then drove back to LA again for a 10-hour drive. There's a lot of driving for some golf. Pretty perverse. Um, that is maybe not Epstein Island perverse, but it's up there. Rob Cross, what about yourself? Uh, I don't do anything crazy to go and play golf. I just stay local. But mine is actually golf club related. So I don't know if I would win, but I have sent my Scotty Cameron to the official Scotty Cameron custom shop. And my putter is now worth about 800 quid. <sighs> Worth more than my house. Is, it, is this the one that you got uh, for free from... Uh... Crawford, we're not talking about that one. No, this is a, this is a, a fully custom the fit. The fucking mirage comes breaking down here, doesn't it? <laughs> Bleep that bit out for me, Mark, please. Perfect. Uh, it's... Um, no, I bought it. Um, I bought it and I actually I actually damaged my wrist uh, about five, six years ago and to treat myself, I put my £300 Scotty Cameron through a $450 refurb. We'll avoid the jokes about you damaging your wrist. Um, Matt, what's yours? Um, I've, I've declined attending a job interview because I was playing Royal St. George. <laughs> that is sick. That is good. Give him a calendar, Gary. Give him a calendar. <laughs> so that's the kind of level of stuff that we're looking for, guys. We've got four calendars to give away. Thank you very much to Mike Hyde for that. I'll pick one next week. Crawford will pick one. Rob will pick one. And producer Mark will pick one as well. Um, and we'll get them sent off to you. So do get your entries in there. This will be a bit of fun and a good bit of content for next week. Um, so that's what's the most perverted thing you've done. And do be sure to check out Carefree Golf Photography. They've got calendars and prints available. Any pictures that you see on the website is available for a print. And Mike tells me that he's just done a few custom orders for Flock members, uh, which weren't in the store. So if there's anything in particular you'd like a print of a calendar made up something like that do give Mike at Carefree Golf a shout uh, and he'll be able to take care of that for you that is the most 
resoundingly professional thing I've ever done in my life is actually read a, a proper promotional ad read there on this shithouse of a podcast. Anyway, Rob, let's get cracking back on with uh, Matt McDonald, who's still been very patient in joining us here. Welcome back, Matt. Uh, sorry about that, but Gary, uh, Gary's been practicing that for a while, haven't you, Gary? He's on mute. Oh, he's on mute. Sorry, I was taking my hat off. <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were going for a lie down after doing some advertising. No, no, no. Sorry, crack on. <laughs> still fourth in the UK, Gary. Still fourth in the UK. <laughs> so, Matt, you've uh, getting getting back to your story. You've you've made your first sale, and things are moving on nicely. Um, yeah. What what uh, are some of the favourite pieces you've done? Um, you sort of described a horrible sounding Spurs one, but I mean, if, is there any sort of real, real nice ones that stand out for you, and, and who were they for? Um, I suppose, like in terms of in terms of like real nice ones, one of the one of the really early ones I done was like a, a Ryder Cup themed one that was like um, blue down each edge with like the yellow stars and like a white stripe down the middle, um, and like. <clears throat> that was just one that I made just obviously Ryder Cup was on and I thought I'd, I'd make that because I didn't have any orders to complete at the time. So, you know, I had a, a bit of spare time um, and that's been like quite popular. I've, I've probably remade that four or five, maybe six times for various yeah. companies that have wanted it. So that that one always um, always comes to mind in terms of ones that I really like. And then I suppose ones that, ones that a lot of people sort of know me for are you know, any of the ones that I've done for some of the pros, um, you know, pro Ollie Fisher on the European tour, um, the one that I made him for the British Masters with the Union Jack on the front and the um, the fish on the back, that was uh, that was one that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Really liked that one. And then I suppose, obviously, the the ones, uh, the ones that I made, particularly the first ones that I made for Justin Rose are probably, uh, probably up there in terms of, how many how many sets have you made for for Justin Rose now? Um, one, two, have we got a time stop? Four. A time stamp for the name drop of Justin Rose in the podcast, there, guys. <laughs> how long did it take us to get to that? So four pieces for Justin Rose. How does that come about in the first place? How do you end up making head covers for legit world number one major winner Justin Rose? <laughs> and don't forget the Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, don't don't forget that part. Um, well, it's, it's funny that you sort of say it like that because that's when when the first message come through and was like, "Hi, would would you would you make would you make that cover for Justin Rose?" I was like, "What the the Justin Rose <laughs> winner, the guy that's won majors?" You know, at the time, I think he was number one in the world at the time the message come through. Like, person on the other end of the like the message was like, "Yeah." That yeah, that Justin Rose, LOL or whatever it was, and I, I was just confused. I was like, "Are, are you a fan or like what, what? What is this?" And personally, I ran was like, "No, I'm, I'm actually his manager. I'd, I'd like you to to make some for him." I was like, "Great!" Like my mind sort of blown, and you know, phoned the missus up straight away. I was like, "You'll never, you'll never get, you'll never get what's just happened." Um, like my like my uncle's into golf, so I phoned him. I was like. Bloody hell! Like you'll never guess what's happened. Um, and then after that, that, that was it. Like I didn't, I didn't really tell anyone other than like immediate family because I suppose from my perspective, I was like, there's so many like knowing 
knowing professional sports, like there's so many hurdles that can get in the way, like sponsorship deals and, and so on and so forth. And, yeah. You know, I feel like there were so many hurdles that could stop that getting on the bag because, you know, I suppose with I suppose with what I do, it's all well and good making stuff for someone, but if it isn't on their bag and people don't see it, it kind of doesn't matter almost. Like, yeah, it, it almost doesn't matter. Um, so like that was that was like a really sort of like big thing for me. I, sort of, I didn't didn't really t- didn't even tell my friends. Like a couple of them gave me a bit of grief about it. Like when it eventually came out and that, um, just because I was like, I don't want to say it to people and then it not happen and then sort of like look look stupid or whatever but yeah that's that's kind of how that bit sort of came about so you've made you've made four sets for him which are the you say the first ones from him are, the, are your favorite but it must have been pretty cool seeing something that you've done uh, at augusta uh, the, in the masters last few ones weeks. were so so cool as well like the, were, even yeah. the one i don't i don't know if he actually used it or not but the one you gave away in a he competition did. as well that had like the um the auto the autumnal leafs on them yeah. and stuff like if, if you've not seen that check it out in, in mcdonald golf uh, on instagram those were amazing yeah I think like um yeah i suppose obviously the grandeur of my covers being on his bag at the Masters and like Augusta, like obviously the grandeur of that is is sort of like mind-boggling, really. Um, but those those first ones that I done him, they'll always be because in my mind I'm always like, yeah, I can do someone a cover, like I, you know, I can fulfil an order, that's great. But if I do a good enough job that they come back, that's a different story. Yeah, and that's why the first ones that I done him will probably always be like my favourite ones that I've done him because they were good enough that... Well, we, the first one that I made him, the first one that was made, um, one, once he got it, he liked it so much, he was like, I, I now need the matching five wood. Wow, wow like, you know, he, he likes it that much. And then to then sort of keep coming back is just, you know, I couldn't really couldn't really ask for more. But yeah, those, those first ones, those first ones that I've done him will always be my favourite ones that I've done for... Room, yeah pretty exciting and have you got anything more lined up have you how long is your waiting list and how do we get some of these head covers for for me gary and crawford and mark for the racdg podcast R- R- rob i put an order in a long time ago several months ago and i'm still with matt is a very very busy man with a very he's very told you he's list. making head covers for justin rose crawford he doesn't give a shit that you're the president of the RSC. this is uh, <laughs> this is one of the fun things about matt getting a little bit of that kind of mainstream popularity though matt is you need to deal with a bit of the haters on twitter and stuff so uh, <laughs> we, we did see we had a good laugh and somebody was uh, giving you a bit of a ripping for your turnaround time and, and remarked yeah. that he could build a, a ferrari quicker than you could build a head cover <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was good fun but that's part and parcel of it. The Justin Rose thing, by the looks of it, looks like it's just the start of things kind of exploding for you. I know you don't want to give too much away about what's happening, what might be in the pipeline, but what's happening, what might be in the pipeline, tell us. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, part of covers have always, they've always sort of been there as like the unfinished project. And it's kind of, it's kind of to a point now, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of at a stage where I've got to make some decisions. Like, do I bother? Do I bother? Like, stop taking orders. Bearing in mind the waiting list is like, it could be as long as June if if I wanted it to be. Um, so, do, do I increase the waiting list and then start doing part covers? Do, do I go down different avenues? Like, you know, I've got I've got to take this like Christmas and New Year's time to make some sort of firm decisions about what happens in the future. But 
yeah, I think like some of the quick and easy stuff will be like, you know, scorecard holders, yardage books, um, they'll be coming. Um, a lot of a lot of it is about I'm I'm very much I'm very much keen about keeping the brand and keeping the business like customizable because I think that's what interests people. They want to yeah. be able to put their own spin on it or, or or their own specifics in the in the design. Um, and if I can't offer that on a product, there's no point in me doing it because it doesn't sort of go with go with the brand and everything else that I'm trying to create, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I think um, a, a few decisions to make, but yeah, I think some some bigger projects coming up with some bigger items with customizable um additions just sort of working through some of that now so hopefully i'm hoping that you know we'll get we'll get onto the other side of the new year and i'll have a bit more sort of like firm information to sort of announce like some new new exciting products how many do you do like like head covers and items do you do a year roughly man i've never i've never counted crawford I did have this thought the other day that I suppose at the end of this year, because I think although obviously like it's been an abnormal year in terms of like COVID and stuff, um, I think this has probably been, this has probably been like the most intense year I've had in terms of there hasn't been a downtime of not having a to-do list or not having a list of orders to complete. It's the, the combination of people sitting in their houses, not playing golf and having a lot of extra money in their pocket and thinking, yeah. shit, I need to spend my money on golf things. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's kind of what I saw with um, when, you know, the lockdowns happened. I thought, oh, great, like lockdown, I'll, you know, business will go quiet. I'll be able to catch up and start some of these other little side projects I've been, I've been putting off for, for too long. Um, and it was just a massive influx like of orders. And it, it wasn't, you know, <clears throat> at the time, obviously the pros weren't playing. So it's not as though I was getting any sort of like publicity or whatever you want to call it from any pros using my stuff. But um, yeah, I think like to your point, Gary, I think people were just sitting around money, money spare time to kill and you know we've all been there like can't play golf how do i stay connected to it oh i think on top of that there's been this kind of weird there's been this like weird explosion in the past couple of years on personalized and and personalizable golf equipment whereas people seem to be kind of turning away from the big brands and as you said just the the normal head covers uh, equipment, gloves, shoes, blah, 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 that you can go out and get and seem to be flocking, pun fully intended, but flocking towards these smaller, independent, bespoke equipment makers, whether it's um, driver head covers, putter head covers, uh, scorecard holders, yardage books, all that sort of thing. Why Why do you think that is? Do you think it's maybe just a different type of person playing golf or are we kind of, I suppose, are we turning our backs a little bit on the, the big companies and, and trying to support the little guy a bit more? Uh, I suppose I think my my opinion would be it's it's probably a little bit of mix a little bit of a mix of both. I think there is very much there is very much now a different sort of person playing golf now than what there was ten fifteen years ago. Um, you you know all you've got to do is look at the sort of the debates and conversations we've had many a times about clothing or attire. You know you look at what Nike. You look at what Nike are doing in terms of their footwear. Um, it's so- Nike, Matt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but I've got to, you know, got to try and keep the president happy because he's been waiting a long time for his cover. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
um, yeah, I think like you, you know, you look like just something as simple as the footwear that we that we wear to play golf now is so vastly different than what it was previously. Um, and I just think that just sort of not a rebellious side, but I feel like there's more sort of people are just more like, no, I don't want to do the sort of mainstream. You know, I don't need to carry a big bulky golf bag or no I don't need to carry a full set of clubs and I don't need to do I don't need to wear that and you know I feel like there's a bit more people are allowed to sort of like bring their own personality to it a little bit more um it's literally exactly what I was going to say there is I think people feel more confident bringing their own personality to the golf course rather than thinking I have to conform with and no all other brands are available but an Adidas polo and a pair of Nike trousers and a pair of uh, foot joy shoes and whatever that, that people do feel like I can get somebody to make me something bespoke that speaks of me um, and I can bring a little bit of myself to the golf course um, and manage to do that. Matt, it's been pretty class talking to you uh, about the business, about how it's come about and where it's going. I've no doubt you're going to get an influx of orders from guys in the flock, so RIP your spare time uh, over the next (laughs) months or so. Crawford, Rob, any more questions for Matt before we dive into his flock five? No. I've got loads, but we've we've, we've talked before, so we'll do it offline. (laughs) So, Matt, this is the time when we move into the Flock 5. You've heard the Flock 5. We run through your top five courses that you've ever played. It doesn't need to be the biggest or the best five. It's your five favourite golf courses. We started this off by saying you'll describe them in one sentence or less. Then me and Crawford got our hands on the feature and it just turned into say whatever the fuck you want about these golf courses, uh, pretty much. So... We've had a quick look at them. I think Rob and Crawford have maybe prepared some thoughts and comments on them. I've not played any of them, so I'm going to be a, an innocent bystander here. Number five, what is it? So number five is a golf course in Mauritius. It's called the Heritage Club, um, the European Tour. I don't know if it's biannually or annually, um, but they play the Afro-Asia Bank Mauritius Open there. Um, basically, it was a... Um, when I went on honeymoon, um, it was a golf course that was sort of I was able to play because of where me and my wife were staying, like the hotel that me and my wife were standing on honeymoon. It allowed me to play that course as much as I wanted, um, and it was only after we booked it did I realise that like it was a you know quite a sort of prestigious golf course, so to speak. Um, yeah, a great, great golf course. Like you know, it's not. Um, it's not sort of as like quirky and as sort of like niche as some of the golf courses that that people in the flock are used to, um, or that they sort of like lean towards. But great fun course, obviously. Being as part of a resort, like conditioning was just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was so good. I think I had like three seasons of weather when I played, like <laughs> sideways rain at one point, like beautiful sunshine, um, wind. Um, but yeah, it was a great course. Like there's one, there's one particular hole. Um, it's literally just a fairway and two like lakes or like rivers, no, not rivers, lakes beside the fairway. And it's like a raised tee box. It's a short par four, and you got to hit the fairway or you're dead. <laughs> it's just such a great, it's such a great golf hole. Um, That's like one of the suggestions we had for uh, making the game better was like a Takeshi's Castle last week. We had some yeah. suggestions make golf courses like Takeshi's Castle. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's 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 number five. Like that was a. It always looks amazing that place when you see it. That the 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 um, 
the competition they do there because they kind of they all stay in the hotel there's always mm-hmm. loads of like European tour there's loads of associated media around it where they're, they're like doing interviews with them next to this like sitting on chairs next to the swimming pool that's overlooking the golf course that's overlooking the palm trees and the beach and the ocean right next to it and it's always at like it's like this time of the year or like february or something is this it's always that's like miserable here it always looks gorgeous and beautiful down there i'm always really jealous it looks so yeah, lovely it's, it's it's pretty it's a pretty stunning like view and just like this yeah just like the setting and yeah it's just pretty uh, strong start number four let's go Number four is Sultanate. So some people might, um, you know, I think when you look at rankings of the UK and GB and Ireland, East is higher than the other numbers that I've got in my top five. But, you know, Sultanate for me, um, although it absolutely abused me, as Crawford will uh, confirm, because he was a first witness to it, um, can I confirm that it also abused Crawford? Because that's my feeling that if it abused you, it, it abused everybody that day. Nobody is, was left. Unadulterated. Is, is the Essex accent the best accent to say salt and east with? Because that, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good with that accent. You're playing Dan, 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 and east. But anyway, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, something nice. Um, again, as everyone that was there, they know, or anyone that's played it, stunning golf course. Um, and I think that's, you know, as some people have mentioned before, um, that sort of shows you how good a golf course is, is, is if it absolutely rips you a new one, but you still enjoy playing it because it's just like incredible fun holes, um, you know, really nice yeah, it's just, yeah. It's interesting, it's some. Um... Like it's it's a links course, but it's, it is in a bunch of dunes right next to the sea. But you never actually see the sea, do you? It's the, the no. dunes are so big that it's behind the dunes, and you can hear it, but you can't see it. Mm. And the interesting yeah. thing about Saunton is that it was um, that whole area was used as a landing training area during the Second World War. So although the course was built by Fowler in the twenties, the course now the actual course as it is today is not really much left of the original course. It was rebuilt in the fifties because the army had just destroyed it. Uh, and then they had to come back in afterwards and rebuild it again. But um, it's regarded as the, one of the courses that would be in the open if it wasn't so far away from any civilization. Yeah. It's a great golf course. There's a couple of bits that the hole is down at the bottom, the very far holes where it's a little bit flatter. Um, there's like two or three, or like eight or nine or seven, eight, nine. Yeah. But apart from that, like that stretch, the back, the last final few holes, that long par three, the 17th, is just spectacular. Mm, yeah, like the raid box. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, great. You know, like Cad said, great, great golf course just in the middle of nowhere. Unfortunately, I'm still salty uh, that I wasn't there at the shot this year. But we'll put that right. We will put that right. So number three, Matt. Number three is Port Stewart in Northern Ireland. That is just perfect. Um, played there a few years back with my friends. Um, it was like my first sort of um, sort of lads golf holiday, I suppose you'd call it. There's um, five of us that went. Um, Five a really odd number, but five of us went, um, played uh, a couple of courses in Northern Ireland. Um, yeah, and I think as most people would sort of confirm, like the front nine on Paul Stewart is just like incredible. The views and the scenery is just ridiculous. The dunes are unbelievable. Um, I think it's the second hole, it's probably like the most intimidating tee shot possible. Like the day that I played it was like banging to wind um, and again is another the, is it the one where you're really high up and you kind of hit down and in the valley yeah but like the 
it's hard to explain, but when you look at it, like the fairway is almost like blocked off, like the entrance to the fairway is almost blocked off by like a, like a hill or a dune. And yeah, it's just, you can't go left because it's dead. And yeah, it's just, it's just a brutal, brutal hole. That's a, but like, do you remember, I think it's the third at Staunton that had that same thing. Do you remember this? It looks like the fairway goes behind the dune. Yeah. And then we all, and we, it turned out when we got over there, there's actually a lot more space behind that dune than we thought there was. Yeah. But we were all sitting hitting off the tee and we just didn't know what was over there. It was kind of quite intimidating. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, but again, like another example of like absolutely abused by the course and the conditions, but what a golf course. Yeah. Really enjoyable. <laughs> really enjoyable. So another, another one where you uh, shot millions, but still had a great time. Which is the recurring th- the recurring theme so, of the podcast? It is, isn't it? Okay, yeah. number two, Matt. Number two will be uh, as I sort of referenced earlier, Royal St George's. Yep. Um, so uh, luckily enough, lucky enough to have played Royal St George's this year, and um, in conditions that um, you would only describe, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't play golf for any other reason than playing a, a course like Royal St George's. Those conditions. We put the umbrellas away because it was just pointless. That's how it was. <laughs> it was that wet. Um, but again, like playing it and looking at what, how we're playing it compared to where obviously the pros are going to play it from next year off their tee boxes. It's just, it's just mental. It's frightening. Yeah, it's frightening. And some of the holes there again, you look at it, you're on the fairway, you're like, well, there's not one flat lie here. So good luck being by what's the point of being in the fairway? You have a terrible lie. Cause I think that was, that was a discussion that came up a few times um, within the, the society itself as people were talking about the open rotor courses being torn apart and they're all kind of flat links and the pros will take them to shreds. And the, the big defense that people were given of Royal St. George's is you do not get flat lies and you do not get straight bounces on it. You get just pinballed all over the shop. Yeah. That, I mean, some of that's obviously because of the golf that I play, but definitely quite <laughs> the, the fairways um, and the slopes. Just... It's actually an advantage to you playing there because you, you're used to getting pinballed anyway, so people are up in arms about it and you're like, it's fucking normal, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm used to that sort of thing happening. Well, what's that quote that Rory said today? The golf that I play and the golf that you play, no offence, are not the same game. It couldn't be true or word spoken, could there? <laughs> and lead us in then Matt after a pretty stellar 5-4-3 and 2 then what is your number one on your flock five so my number one and obviously I think a lot of it probably comes down to the conditions and the sort of time that I played uh, the time of day that I played but number one is Swinley Forest um, so again fortunate enough to have played Swinley this year um, and literally played it in perfect conditions i think we teed off at like five to five at night or quarter past five um in the middle of the summer. People, people don't know we have a member in the group who um who is is at swinley so he can he's taken been very generous and taken a lot of people on the swinley this summer and yeah absolutely um but yeah like the, that day like conditions were beautiful um not a breath of wind so no excuse for the horrendous golf that i played but Oh, what a golf course and obviously I think we only saw one other group when we were out and it's just quiet just no noise all you can hear is hearts breaking from terrible golf shots <laughs> <laughs> the odd the odd echo of a golf shot and that's yeah. it 
I've never seen heather like it. Like it's like the heather is a foot, like a foot, eighteen inches deep. Like there's one, like there's one of the holes. I think it's the twelfth or something. And I think it took me seven shots to get out of the heather. I I almost broke my wrists. Like it was like you, you could see the ball, but you could not get it out. You get a, a dumper yeah. truck to get it out. And it's yeah. famous for that. They, they they like it that way. But that's yeah. the the magic thing uh, about your favourite golf courses. Sometimes is sometimes you can pick your favourite one because of the architecture, because of the layout of the course. Last week we had Matt Wade talking about it just being the entire experience of so turning up, getting his bags taken from him, getting treated like a king, whatever. And now now you're saying your number one's in part due to the atmosphere, just the the weather, the atmosphere, the quiet, the serenity and stuff. So again, that's something that's nothing to do with the golf hole itself. It's just. Mm-hmm. It's everything uh, that brings that golf course together. Um, and, and you've obviously got the perfect conditions for it. Interesting. Swinley is famous for that. So Swinley was built by the Earl of Derby, who was a member at Sunningdale. And the legend is that he was annoyed that they wouldn't let women into Sunningdale because his wife had taken up golf. So um, the king at the time, uh, who owned the land that Swinningdale was built on, said to him, look, I'll give you the land. And he got, he got uh, Harry Colt, who at the time was the pro at Sunningdale to design Swinley. And Harry Colt famously said it was his least bad course, is what he'd said about it. <laughs> um, and uh, it has probably the best elevation change use I've ever known. Like every tee box, you kind of, uh, you high up and you kind of drive down onto the the, the, green, the fairways, you kind of sweep around to the left and the right, then up to where green is kind of perched on the hill in front of some trees. And it's just, you know, it, it was always set up as a, as a place. They didn't, until like the 15 years ago, they didn't have a captain. They didn't have pars on the holes. They didn't have stroke indexes. They didn't have scorecards. It was a place where you turn up and you just played with your friends for whether you shot an eight or a nine, nobody cared. Matt was, raging. Matt was raging because he turned up trying to punt scorecard holders and they didn't have scorecards. He was <laughs> <laughs> trying to sell them. <laughs> But Matt, that's a cracking flock five. I like that. That's been four or five really strong ones in a row now. And we've given you the full, absolute full grilling here. Rob has one more question for you. And I think it's probably going to be the most important question of them all, Rob. It's actually uh, what we asked Matt last week. If you were bringing uh, some flock members to your local area, Matt, where would you take them to play within, I think we said 30 minutes of of where you live? Doesn't have to be anything special. Just where would you take them for a, for a bit of a knock? Um, I'd probably take them to. So there's a course in Essex called Orsett. Um, it's uh, when you look at sort of rankings, it's sort of given the number two sort of ranking. Um, but I just think um, it's very sort of it's about as heathlandy as you'll get this way. Um, but it's just like a really sort of nice. It's, it's nice to not have a parkland course. Like Essex is like just flooded with parkland courses. That's all we've got over here, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's like it, it's not the longest of courses, but you know, it's um, it, there's some really nice views and some really really interesting holes on there. So that's probably where I'd take them. Finally, one question. Wait, oh, I, I thought this was the one, Rob. I know you're going to go with it now. I'm going to go with it now. Yeah. So Mister Mister, very important question of me the flock because we got distracted with. Like some head cover rubbish and Justin Rose and stuff. So, <laughs> most important question: uh, UK office or US office? I've got to say one of them. You know, I've, I've, I've not watched the office. Um, Have you not watched either of them? Yeah. All right. Questions defunct. Then you're going to go away and you're going to do that for your homework. You're going to watch both <laughs> of them. 
and then come back to us. You've been given the full grilling apart from that. You've had the meet the flock, you've had the flock five, and we've talked to you extensively, obviously, about the business and everything. Before we wrap up, have you got anything you want to plug, any websites you want to plug, socials, anything like that? Uh, no, just the uh, just the RACDG uh, Instagram account. Um, get on it, follow the flock, and enjoy it. It's nonsense, mate. It's absolutely nonsense. That's brilliant. Before we wrap up, and we're going to wrap up in a minute or so, I'm going to throw you over to Aaron, all the way from Luxembourg, looking ahead to the PGA Tour this week and some betting tips for you. So, Aaron, take that away. What do you call it? Almost a display. So, this week, we are moving on to the Mayakoba Classic in Mexico. Um, something a little bit interesting this tournament really because the course is normally quite aesthetically pleasing it's something a little bit um, different to what you get in the in the main part of the season but similar to a lot of the fall courses but what's different about it this year is the strength of the field really um, I think just because of where it's fallen uh, quite a lot of players are turning out including world number three Justin Thomas you got Brooks Kepka in there uh, Dustin Johnson has pulled out mysteriously and unpredictably but uh, let's uh, let's get into detail about the course. So Brendan Todd won here last year when he was on his hot streak, as I mentioned the previous pod. Um, the the course is interesting. It's got Paspalum Greens, uh, which is the same as the sort of island courses you get Puerto Rico, that sort of thing. Um, it's a it's a type of grass they don't get too often when they're on the mainland of America. Um, really really wide fairways, but um, there is a premium on which part of the fairway you find. So. Playing from the fairway might not always be the best thing because of some of the pin positions. That's the only real defence they have against it. The wind is predicted this week to be sort of standard wind, probably about 10 to 15, um, and it won't really affect scoring too much. You should expect another 20 under or thereabouts, maybe even lower this week with a higher quality field playing. Um, obviously, as I said, Todd winning last year was a bit of a surprise, even though he was following up a previous win. Really, really high odds. And looking at the odds this year, uh, something a little bit different um, being given to us by Mr. Crisps. And Aaron St. Pierre's recommended tips this week. Well, his main bet is going to be on Joaquin Neiman, uh, the Chilean kid um, playing in South America. Going to give that a go. And his outsider is going to be Sep Straka. So those are the two tips to follow religiously or avoid at all costs, depending on your opinion of Aaron's work. Um, thinking about how the course ranks, I mean, last year the difficulty um, it was it was the twenty first course of forty one, so it was somewhere in the middle in terms of difficulty. But the year before that, it was thirty ninth of forty nine, so it was way down there. It is going to be a fairly easy low scoring one. Uh, there's a couple of par fives in there that are really long, but the scoring generally is quite good because they're gettable. Um, the most interesting thing probably about this course or about this competition is that um, a couple of years ago when Kutcher absolutely stiffed his caddy, he had just uh, jumped on the bag for the week by trying to hand him a tenner after he won, uh, something like 1.2 million. Um, that became public and added to how much people tend to hate Matt Kutcher now. Uh, and I'm fully on that train. So, um, yeah, we hate Kutcher and uh, he's a tight censor myself there I don't know if you have the capacity to do that so moving on um, the European tour this week uh, it's been interesting being in South Africa last week was a lovely course at Leopard Creek we didn't cover that competition because there wasn't a great deal of depth to it but a really really good course to watch golf on and there's a little bit of wildlife watching in there too but we're heading over to the Golf in Dubai Championship and this is a new tournament this week and a little heads up on that it starts on Wednesday so it's a little day earlier start and ends on Saturday 
Um, this will be played at the fire course at the Jumeirah Result Resort. Sorry, um, there is of course the Earth Course where the the big competition is going to be played next week at the end of season uh, race to Dubai. But the fire course is something a little bit different. I think a really nice piece of perspective on this is the course ratings. So we're all sort of getting our head around the uh, course rating system and uh, what that actually means numerically. Well, the course rating for the Earth Course is one hundred and forty. So for the for the visitors that can come and play that, it's got a rating of 140, whereas the fire course is 110. So we know we can expect to see that be a little bit easier. It's not uh, it's not the same quality, it's not the same difficulty, but it's got a lot of similar features. Um, the the same grass is used on both courses, and, and in fact throughout the resort, the courses are largely similar. It's just the difficulty that's. Um, sort of reinforced by, and on some occasions, the length. But the length these guys play at, it is a relatively long course. It does go over 7,000, 7,200, I think. Um, but it is a, a fairly easy course. I expect scoring to be quite low and certainly a lot lower than it will be when they get to the earth course. Um, and the tips from Aaron this week are going to be um, your outright Thomas Peters we're looking at. Uh, the Belgian with the fiery temper to win on the fire course, perhaps. And... Uh, Speaking of fiery, his outsider tip is Thorbjorn Olsson. Um, for legal reasons, I'll probably just leave it there. We'll not say too much more about his participation in this event. But good luck to him. Um, coverage this week, in case you're wanting to watch. Well, 8am on Wednesday, the European Tour event starts on Sky. And PGA Tour event is 7pm on Thursday. You can catch a little bit of LPGA action after the PGA this week as well, if you're going late into the night. Um, the final shout-out I want to do, rather than looking at those two events specifically and exclusively, is to talk about the one and done. Uh, we've done one week in the one and done. The second week is this week, so it's not too late to get in. It's a tenner to enter, and all money goes to the first, second, and third place finishers at the end of the season. Essentially, your job each week is to pick one golfer. Once you've used that golfer, you can't use him again in the season. Whatever he earns that week goes towards your points total, so his dollars turn into your points. And whoever finishes top at the end of the year in terms of their cumulative picks across the weeks will lift the dough from our little pot. We've got 41 players in, in I think, at the moment. So uh, nice, healthy field results. Um, sorry, the entries come to me on a Wednesday evening. And by Sunday night, Monday morning, I'll have updated to let you know where you are on the table. Um, so if you are new and you're interested in getting involved in that, please just give me a, give me a message, give me a shout. If you can get in before this Thursday, you haven't really lost too much ground. Especially on some people who picked ridiculous people who missed the cut. Shout out to Sebastian Munoz last week who decided to earn nothing for quite a lot of people. Uh, and the leaders in our one and done at the minute were those that picked Kevin Kisner in week one who finished second in a playoff. Uh, missed out on about $400,000 by losing that playoff but still made about $700,000. Um, so they're, they're sitting pretty at the top, a few of them at the moment. So if you want to get involved in that, please give me a shout. Thanks again for your attention this week, if I've managed to keep it this long. And back to Gary, who's going to claim he's never listened to a word I said. Thank you. Bye-bye. OK, Aaron, brilliant. Thanks. We'll hear from you again next week and no doubt lose a tenner or so on your betting tips there. But yeah, that's us coming to the end of this week's episode. It's been class. We've had the full uh, lowdown on all of Matt McDonnell. Uh, about his I, I feel like I know you better than I know my wife now, Matt. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it's been incisive today golf is back tomorrow so by this time next week we'll have some actual golf to talk about hopefully yippee we'll find out what Crawford and Rob have been up to on the actual golf course itself I'm going to talk a little bit about my game because I've decided I'm going to go full destruction mode reconstruct the swing rebuild reclaim re 
start playing like a five handicapper again at some point. Uh, so we'll have plenty of that. Uh, we'll do the competition next week as well. So make sure that you get your entries in for that bad boy. Before we go, Crawford, Rob, anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I do. I have a good little thing. As, as I'm shocked uh... that you do. I'm shocked. You, <laughs> you go first. Don't You're worry about it. 90 seconds, on. Crawford. It is 90 uh, seconds. Just, just uh, a little quick shout out. It's episode seven, and I think that um, we need to have a little bit of recognition for uh, the fourth member of our little group. It's like we're Hanson, and he's oh, the dad. Fuck off. Uh, Wait, you did uh, the last 90 seconds for that. <laughs> Come on, but look at Mark. He sits in the booth, just smiling at us, laughing at our jokes. Never says anything. He always looks so clean cut as well. I'm in my pajamas. Rob looks like he's been driving a truck across the prairies. He's always got and, a shirt uh, on, hasn't and, he? And he's always like a shirt and tie. He's always like really well shaven and stuff. He's very, very well turned out. Mark, thank you very much. So he puts in the fun bits. He edits this absolute shit show, which goes from about two hours down to an hour. Um, <laughs> and he makes it sound somewhat bearable. You should hear this before he edits it if you think this is bad. So, Mark, thank you very much. Matt McDonald, thank you very much for joining me. Rob Crawford, thank you two both very much. I'll speak to you next week. And thank all of you very much for listening out there on the internet. I've been Gary. This has been the RACDG podcast. And we'll speak to you all again next week. Bye-bye. Smash that shite button.